1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network, where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Giddings,
2: and welcome into another edition of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the Ninety Five Seven The Game Podcast Network. My name is Mark Grandy, joined as always by Evan Giddings. We have quite the game to recap here on the pod today. The Bay Area Panthers go down uh, to San Diego to take on the Strike Force, a team that. The Panthers beat for their only win of their inaugural season a year ago. They go on the road seeking out their first ever road win in franchise history. And Evan, they pull off quite the victory. Final score 54-51 to on the last play of the game. The Panthers get in the end zone and walk off winners on the road. It was quite the win. We'll break that game down. We'll talk about some roster moves, and we'll look ahead to what's coming up this weekend as the Panthers return home. Uh, but first of all, Evan, great to great to be back on the pod with you. How you doing?
3: I'm doing good. I mean, how can you not be, honestly, writing off of that? Three-point win, final play victory that we're going to dig into against San Diego. And, of course, another big matchup this weekend against Vegas. Looking forward to getting back to SAP Center. It feels like we're now officially in the swing of the IFL season. Barry has got five games under their belt and appear to be potentially finding something, Mark. And this is a team that, you know, first few weeks, obviously, had a top-heavy schedule kind of some, some ups and downs, but even with some of the roster movement that we'll also, you know, just kind of talk about, this is a team that is is beginning to build an identity. And, and that's always fun when you can cover a team and when you can really get to know not only the players and the coaching staff, but the way that you expect them to play. And it feels like we're getting beginning to get a lot more of that from them as we move on. Yeah, you're
2: right. Uh, Before we we dive into what happened in San Diego last weekend, a couple of uh, roster updates that happened before the game, some reinforcements back and a couple of really important defensive players. Bill Atkins, the defensive back, uh, he missed the last three games. He returned, didn't make a ton of noise, had three and a half tackles in his first action in about a month. And then uh, Darren Hungerford, the team's starting linebacker, a guy who head coach Darren Arbett said is the best linebacker in the league. He returned as well after missing three games, and he led the team with seven tackles. So, of course, great to have those two guys back. Unfortunately, uh, there were a couple of uh, corresponding roster moves, if you will. Uh, Defensive back Tyrone Cromwell, and if, if you were listening or watching the Panthers game at home, against Northern Arizona a couple of weeks ago. You know, he went down and did not return. He was placed on short-term IR before that game against San Diego. And then Kenton Bartlett, uh, one of the defensive ends for this uh, Panthers team, he also was placed on short-term IR for Bay Area. So unfortunately, a couple of guys go down. You do get a couple of guys back. Evan, Uh, The defense did give up 51 points. Uh, But still very nice to see Darren Hungerford and Bill Adkins back out there on the field.
3: Yeah, especially because those were some highly touted players. Those were guys that we expected to contribute heavily to this year. They're reigning IFL champs in northern Arizona. And you can make the argument that they were two of the most important pieces of a dominant defense for the Wranglers last year. So we haven't got to see them all but a couple of games this year. Atkins and Hungerford being on short-term, now returning. So I'm looking forward to getting a look at those guys and just add some more depth to an already talented defense despite maybe allowing more points um, than what the statistics, the total defense would suggest.
2: And then uh, one other roster move for a guy that that had a big impact in the game uh, down in San Diego, a new starting offensive lineman for the Bay Area Panthers, Taylor Tappan out of Sacramento State. Started on the left side of the offensive line, and uh, I know the offense did put up 54 points. Now, some of that was on special teams. We'll get into it, uh, but a good day overall for the offense. Uh, and it looks like, uh, you know, tap in the offensive lineman is going to be a starter here moving forward for Bay Area. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that and all of the uh, other new Panthers coming in. There are a few more uh, updates and transactions we will get to, but we'll do it after. Uh, we break down this win for Bay Area over San Diego because those happen here over the last couple of days as the team prepares for week eight um, against uh, Vegas. Uh, But with the win down in uh, San Diego, Evan, the Panthers now three and two on the year, two and one in conference play. They are alone in second place in the conference as we speak right now behind three and one Tucson. It was a wild back and forth game in San Diego. I mentioned special teams. That was the star early for Bay Area. In fact, uh, on the first drive of the game, the San Diego Strike Force attempted a long 56-yard field goal attempt. And smartly, the Panthers on special teams sent back Imeek Watkins, who we haven't heard from much this year. Uh, they sent him back in case the the kick misses short in the field of play. You can field it and try to take it back for six. And guess what? He did just that. Took it back for a touchdown, and the Panthers suddenly were ahead seven nothing. And then it was just a a quick seventeen nothing run for San Diego. They go up seventeen to seven after their last score, their last of those three scores consecutively. They kick it off, Imeek Watkins back to return, and guess what? He takes that back for a touchdown. So Bay Area's first two touchdowns, Evan, came on special teams, both via Imeek Watkins, uh, and without him in that first quarter, Evan, early in that game, this could have gotten out of hand. He really carried the Panthers, kept them afloat early, and then Dalton Sneed, Justin Rankin, and the rest of the offense got going and took over. But without Imeek Watkins early, that game could have gotten ugly.
3: Oh, absolutely! He was a big reason they they were kept afloat, and especially after the past couple of weeks in which the Panthers were playing from ahead, uh, they did so the entire game in a wire to wire win against Northern Arizona, and then shut out uh, Tucson the week before that. You know, this was kind of the first time you'd seen them look a little fragile to start a game. Even their first three opponents, they they came out swinging. So the fact that Imeek Watkins, who was a pickup, in around second or third game of the season was able to jump in and immediately provide some, some juice in the return game is huge because that's been one of the areas Mark that we have not seen a ton of. I know that they scored two special teams touchdowns last time they were at home against the Wranglers, but that was not exactly a, a similar situation to where, you know, it's an onside kick. You're taking advantage of a, of a long attempted field goal. Uh, but to do it right off the rip, I think both set the tone, uh, not only for the Panthers, but also kind of showed San Diego like this was going to be a game. And as we found out, they needed every single one of those points to walk away with this victory. So I mean Watkins, even though his two biggest plays came in you know the opening minutes, uh, could very well make the argument they were the two biggest plays of the game outside of the final one.
2: Yeah, 54-51, the final score. We'll talk about the end in a minute. I did want to focus on a, a particular play that happened early in the game. It was in the first quarter, and it was actually Bay Area's first drive offensively. Uh, after two incomplete passes from Dalton Sneed, Bay Area was facing a third and 10, and Sneed threw to Stokes, and the pass was picked off by Clayton Glasgow, an, a name that Panther fans from a year ago uh will remember of course he was a panther last year and uh Clayton Glasgow picked it off and then began returning it and almost got all the way down into the end zone and he was ruled down originally at about the 2 or 3 yard line and then Darren Arbet says you know what I think we stripped that ball out at around the 2 or 3 yard line before he went down and we recovered it I'm going to challenge it so they challenge it and the officials go over to the replay room and they check it out and they determine Yes, he did fumble it. The Panthers did recover, so they stripped Clayton Glasgow, got the ball back, and avoided disaster. Okay, Panther ball from their own two or three, right? No. Then San Diego challenges the play, saying, hey, Clayton Glasgow was down at the spot of the interception Down by contact, the whole return shouldn't even count. And the officiating crew review it, and they say, hey, you know what? He was down by contact, so none of the return even mattered. The Panthers' challenge didn't even matter. The potential fumble didn't even matter, and it was San Diego ball. They ultimately turned it into a touchdown. The rest is history. The Panthers go on to win. But that was just one of the more wild sequences I can remember watching in any football game, not just indoor football, but any
3: football, Evan. It's the reason why in in the majority of professional football leagues and even in college, uh, you review every turnover because <laughs> you don't want to have a situation where you're requiring both teams to throw challenge flags. You review re, you review the entire play. You let you let it go. You you don't blow the whistle early. You let the play play out no matter how you know crazy it might be. And you figure it out from the from the from the jump from the spot uh, because Darren Arbet, I mean, kudos to him to have the the wherewithal to be able to you know kind of see the the fact that it could have been stripped. I know his players were were kind of questioning it on the on the field, and then on the other side, San Diego's well, well, touche. Okay, we're well. If you think it was down there, um, we actually think it was down all the way back. And so it's a it's one of the few times, Mark, I think, in which you could ever kind of come up with a challenge from both sides being equally as intelligent and also being at the same time i don't think you see that anywhere else aside from the ifl
2: it's kind of funny so the panthers use a challenge and it was successful but they gained absolutely nothing from it and and they, they don't you know
3: they, they use yeah, a challenge and both sides lose the challenge but they win the challenge
2: it's weird. Weird, weird situation. <laughs> that was kind of the game it was. We talked about Imeek Watkins. He had a couple of big touchdowns in the first half on special teams. After his second, just the, the more more normal special teams touchdown when he returned a kickoff for a touchdown, uh, San Diego goes and and they do the same exact thing. They return a kickoff for a touchdown and suddenly they go back up by 10 again. to and then that's where the Panthers offense starts clicking, Evan. And I want to focus on the running game here specifically. Justin Rankin was just incredible in this game. He had only 11 carries, but four of them went for touchdowns. 11 carries, 53 yards, about uh, 4.8, almost five yards per carry, and four touchdowns. His longest run, a 15 yard run. It did go for a touchdown. It was an incredible run in the second quarter where he ran through and over like three or four different strike force defenders on his way into the end zone. It was his first of four touchdowns. He was incredible. I know it's something we've talked about the last couple of weeks, Evan, when he missed a game for the, the Panthers. Uh, that was a, a few weeks ago. It was their game against Tucson. The Panthers lost that one. And a big reason why is because Rankin, their star running back, wasn't there. What a difference he makes. Uh, without him, much like without Imeek Watkins early, no way the Panthers win that game in San Diego. And, and they might have lost by double digits, maybe even 20 points.
3: Well, that's where right off the top of the podcast, it was talking about the identity of this team being more established. And I think yeah. a huge part of that is just in ranking. The fact that they rank number one in rushing in the IFL is not a coincidence. Uh, I also don't think if you take a look at the teams right now, at the most rushing touchdowns at the top of the IFL, I know that, you know, some have played six games. So the Panthers have only played five, but you're looking at teams like Frisco 25 rushing touchdowns, they're at the top of the standings. Sioux Falls, who had a big win against Quad City this last weekend. Massachusetts, who of course has already beaten the Panthers and they've reestablished themselves as a team to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. Frisco, Sioux Falls, and Massachusetts all in the running for playoff position. And then your Bay Area Panthers would be, would be fourth. Those, in my opinion, market, de- kind of depends on how you stack them up, are the four best rushing attack teams in the ifl and no coincidence they are four of the most successful teams right now offensively so the fact that you have a great rushing attack spearheaded by one of the league's best backs in justin rankin is a huge reason why there should be confidence going into any game for the barry panthers including this weekend because even though they were down early you know fell behind as many as double digits in this game When you know you have a guy that can consistently chew up yards and potentially break one and also break through multiple defenders, uh, you always got a chance. It's not exactly because of the shortened fields, like you need a dynamic passing game to come from behind when you fall behind early. You can still commit to the run just because there's only 50 yards as opposed to 100. And Justin Rankin literally ran the Panthers back into this game.
2: Yeah, he had 53 rushing yards. Dalton Snead also ran for 20. JT Stokes, a wide receiver, had three carries for nine yards. Look on the other side, San Diego, they ran the ball only five times. Uh, They were not keen to run it when you have a quarterback like Nate Davis. I guess I can understand why he was great. 231 yards and five touchdowns. But San Diego, four rushing yards in total in this game. They just entirely went away from their running game, uh, and we're starting to see this Panthers defense take one part of opponents' uh, offenses away. They did it on the ground this most recent week, and they did it really through the air against Northern Arizona uh, the earlier week. But the game turned, Evan, at the beginning of the third quarter, the Panthers were down 37-27, to 27, so down 10. They got the ball to begin the third quarter, and the first drive, the Panthers get all the way down. They're facing a third and goal from their own two-yard line, and they call an option play. Dalton Sneed originally keeps it. He gets stood up behind the line of scrimmage, and as he's trying to fight forward, he realizes, okay, I'm not going to break free anywhere, and sees Justin Rankin kind of miraculously off to his left. And pitches it to him as he's getting driven into the ground. And Rankin has a walk-in touchdown. It was one of his four scores. That got the Panthers back within a single score. Down 37-34 to at that point. And then that's where the defense got a big stop. They force a turnover on downs. And then ultimately, uh, they do uh, go down and and score again another Rankin touchdown. It featured a fourth-and-one conversion on the ground. By wide receiver JT Stokes, a fantastic play there where he sacrificed his body, crashing up into the wall. But early third quarter, Evan is where this game turned. That great play, the pitch from Sneed to Rankin under duress. The defense getting a four and out, and then a fourth and one conversion leading to another Rankin score. Those quick two touchdowns, sandwiched by one defensive stop, gave the Panthers the lead again. And then simply the teams just traded scores the rest of the way, and and the rest is history.
3: Yeah, I think the Panthers in recent weeks have done a really good job at maintaining their intensity, or in this case against San Diego, leveling up their intensity out of the locker room. Um, again, Mark, you know we're looking at kind of some some trends of success for this team. Another scoreless quarter in the third against San Diego. Yeah. Now I know they got the ball with uh, like eleven or. Maybe it might have been 15 seconds left in the third, and they scored on the other side of the fourth quarter. So they were very <laughs> close to, to not having a scoreless quarter. Um, but but this was you know a defense that allowed 14 second-half points after getting kind of diced up as well as on special teams hurt in the return game in the first half. So I thought they shored up some things. They clearly made some adjustments. Uh and when you're going up against, even though San Diego clearly is not. As committed to the run as the majority of other teams, even if they have a, a good quarterback and one that's coming up this week. Um, to be able to, you know, try and, and just keep a guy like Nate Davis not in check, but just make things difficult for him. Um, I, I thought that the second half was a, a great example of that. Of course, there was still a couple of, you know, breakdowns in coverage. Uh, Davis was able to get loose in the secondary, being able to, to throw the football successfully, ended up with you know 231 yards. But the majority of those coming in the first half and the Panthers, I thought, made them work for everything through the air that they needed uh, or that they got, I should say. And so, you know, th- that second half defense, much different than the first. And I thought the physicality and intensity was different as well.
2: Now, let's run through kind of how this game did get to its conclusion. So the Panthers score those two touchdowns. They take a, a three-point lead going into the fourth quarter. San Diego scores, as you mentioned, on the first play of the fourth quarter. A penalty by the Panthers did give San Diego good field position. Penalties were a bit of an issue for the Panthers in this game. But then the offense, they respond immediately, 25-yard touchdown touchdown throw from Steed to Stokes, give the Panthers the lead once again, they go for two, they get it on just a simple jump ball to Niger Jackson who went up and grabbed it, Panthers take a four point lead, and then the next possession for San Diego was wild, they ended up having a a third and goal from the 10, two straight Bay Area penalties set up San Diego at the three, then a San Diego false start. And then a sack where tavon grant races down Nate Davis all the way back at the 25 yard line where he strips him of the ball. San Diego recovers it back at their own twenty two yard line. so they have uh third and or pardon me they have goal to go from their own twenty two yard line so th- goal to go with 28 yards to go. they eventually get a third and goal from the 18. And then the defensive holding on J.R. Stevens, it's an automatic first down. San Diego ultimately goes down and scores, and it sets up one final possession for the Panthers, uh, which, of course, they, they went down and score as well. Uh, but penalties, Evan, that, that was an issue in this game for Bay Area. Ultimately, their offense did score enough in the second half to not let those defensive penalties hurt. But you had San Diego backed up far, far with gold to go. And you commit an unfortunate defensive holding penalty, which, which gave the strike force a, a fresh set of downs. And they ultimately turned it into a touchdown. San Diego's a quality team with quarterback Nate Davis now there, but you're not going to get away with some mistakes like that against some of the elite teams in the league.
3: No, that that's true. And that, that has been maybe the one trend that has been a little concerning the past few games. After their first two games of the season, Mark, I believe they had committed eight penalties. In their last three games, they've committed 27. So <laughs> that is something that I'm sure Darren Arbett is going to be addressing this week, or has already addressed as we're discussing this on the pod. People can hear this when it drops on, on Thursday. Um, but But yeah, I mean, if you're giving a team like San Diego extra yards, extra opportunities, they are going to make you pay. And so credit to Bay Area being able to overcome that and making the, the necessary key and clutch plays down the stretch of this game. Um, but they also allowed with that San Diego to possess the ball and in that, in that final scoring drive for over eight minutes. And so your defense is going to be taxed. Your offense is going to yeah. be out of whack. And they're fortunate that they were able to, you know, basically make their own final drive. Uh, but yeah, they they were absolutely playing with fire there and penalties were a big reason why.
2: Yeah. So after that touchdown, they then get the ball back, uh, and what, with about four minutes left and it got off to kind of an inauspicious start that last drive, needing a touchdown, uh, to, to win the game, a field goal would have forced overtime, but needing a touchdown to win. Uh, and i Watkins who had such a good day on special teams, bobbled the kickoff and it went out of bounds at his own four-yard line. So it looked like an unfortunate start for the Panthers. But then a penalty helped Bay Area and push it all the way up to the 19-yard line. So decent starting field goal position or field position. And then the Panthers ultimately get down goal to go from inside the five. They run, run, run. Brings up a 4th in goal from the one-yard line with four seconds left. One play for all the glory, and after the run, couldn't quite get it into the end zone. They go to the air on play action. Sneed finds Stokes uh, for a touchdown. As time expires, they don't even need to kick the extra point, and they walk off winners down in San Diego. One of the more thrilling ends to a game I can I can remember watching in the IFL, and there have been a lot of wild endings to IFL games. Certainly, It's up there for the most exciting finish in Bay Area Panthers history, Evan. They have had a handful of close games. A lot of their wins have come down uh, to the end like this. Uh, But to see a legitimate walk-off win with a touchdown in a football game is pretty rare. It was a lot of fun.
3: Well, and especially because of kind of the the setup of it, right? I mean, they got stopped the door trying to use what had got them there, which was the running game. (laughs) and they got blown up by San Diego, who, to their credit, did a great job of stacking the box, bringing the extra blitzer from the linebacker spot, and basically saying, we're going to have one more on our side defensively than you are offensively, and you are not going to be able to run the football at the goal line. You don't often see that against a team like Bay Area with some bulk up front, but the but the, the play, the final touchdown of the game, I don't know where your eyes went immediately, Mark. But my eyes went to Justin Rankin because mm. the reason being in order to have time for JT Stokes, granted, he's in motion, a great get off, some separation from the cornerback. And of course it was a basically a gimme pass for Dalton Sneed. They're going crazy sprinting the other way. If you go back and watch that play, watch Justin Rankin absolutely bulldoze the blitzing linebacker. He stands him up. He stands his ground. And we saw Justin Rankin, the ferocity and physicality with which he ran during the game and has run with all season, that was also attributable to that play in the blocking side of things, which we don't often see a lot of running backs doing the IFL just because frankly, they're not asked to. Uh, you see them pass, or you sorry, you see them make catches, you see them obviously run, but blocking isn't as much of an emphasized part of the IFL game. And Justin Rankin made perhaps the biggest block of the day to allow Dalton Sneed to get that ball off.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was a really big play. And with it, the Panthers win their second straight game. And now on the season, they are 3-2. and two. And it was a big conference win as well for Bay Area.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: You're listening here to the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Mark Randy, Evan Giddings with you. We'll wrap here in just a little bit. Well, we got to turn the page to what's coming up for Bay Area. It is the Vegas Nighthawks. First, though, a couple of uh, transactions that have uh, been made by the Panthers earlier this week. Uh, a familiar face has been added to the roster, has been signed on Tuesday of this week. Uh, the Panthers announced that they signed Brandon Dabney. If you were a fan of the team last year, you remember him. Uh, He kind of plays the hybrid linebacker, defensive back spot uh, for the Panthers. We talked at the top of the episode about some of the injuries for Bay Area. There's been a few other roster moves. They need a little bit more depth at that spot. So they bring back Brandon Dabney, who was a great Panther last year for a team that really struggled. He was certainly a bright spot. And then there is a new quarterback uh, in town. Corey Murphy has been released after being on the roster for a few weeks. Uh, The team has signed quarterback Felix Harper, who attended collegiate uh, collegiate collegiately at Alcorn State. He has been added to the roster. He was phenomenal uh, at Alcorn State over his career, known as a trigger man while he was at college. If you have a nickname like a trigger man from a quarterback position. (laughs) Uh, you're probably putting up some, some big numbers. So we have that to look forward to as well. Uh, but this is a really fascinating matchup, Evan, coming up for the Panthers on Saturday, six o'clock kick from SAP. If you can't make it out, you can hear it on 95, seven of the game, but we encourage you to get tickets at Bay area, uh, This is a Vegas team that comes into this game at two and three on the year. They're one and three in conference play. So they're desperately looking for a win. In Western Conference play. Their most recent game was a loss last week against Northern Arizona as the Wranglers bounced back uh, from a tough loss against Bay Area to knock off Vegas. And that was quarterback Taquan Neal's first game back after missing a couple due to injury. He's the former Barnstormer, the former uh, Sugar Skulls quarterback who has a history with Panthers offensive coordinator, Dixie Wooten. He was an MVP earlier in his career, so a very talented quarterback there. The Panthers Evan, have another challenge in front of them with the quarterback, Dequan Neal, uh, of the Nighthawks.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, this is a guy who has been, at one point in his career, the best quarterback in the IFL. And I know that he's only got one game under his belt. Ah, uh, but we saw this week what one week can do with a new quarterback in Nate Davis, who was acquired yeah. via the trade for San Diego the week prior, and he absolutely torched the Bay Area Panthers. And what have we seen the Panthers' defense be susceptible to? The deep ball. The Quan Neal can throw it. He can run it. He can do everything. And so it's going to be an interesting matchup for Bay Area because obviously there's not a lot of tape this year, um, but with a new, you know, Vegas team. Uh, or Vegas roster, I should say. They saw them last year. But, you know, it's it's going to be another game where there might be some initial shock. And so it's going to be up to potentially a, a special teams star or, you know, and, and an unlikely hero on offense or defense to kind of stabilize the Panthers if they fall behind early like they did against San Diego. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Daquan Neal have a big game. Again, it's just about keeping him in check. You know, he threw four touchdowns his first game back. This guy is going to do what he does. Uh, but if you're the Panthers, you just you simply need to, I think, well, number one, try and carry the momentum you've built over the last couple of weeks, as well as continue to, to maintain the, their principles, especially on defense, which is no yards after catch, try and keep everything in front, live with the occasional big play, and hopefully do not commit penalties that extend drives because that's what really hurt them against San Diego and force them to have to create, you know, a, a last second touchdown situation. So um, this is a Vegas team that, you know, if you're looking at the recent coaches poll is not anything to necessarily write home about. You can never overlook anyone. They rank 11th in the week seven coaches poll. Barry Panthers have moved up to fifth, so they're starting to get their respect in that regard. Uh, But you can't have a letdown game when you come home because they are riding high off a very emotional win. And oftentimes that can kind of leak over into the next game. Uh, So hopefully they can come out strong and not give us any sense of a letdown game, which I'm sure Daquan Neal would love.
2: Yeah, an early look ahead to Vegas. Uh, Strengths for them offensively. Passing and you talking about it with Saquon Neal and, and that has been at times the Panthers weakness, but the Nighthawks weakness is against the rush. They cannot stop the rush. They give up the most yards per game, just a tick under 100 yards per game on the ground over four and a half yards per carry against this Vegas defense. And that, of course, as we're talking about with Justin Rankin and Dalton Sneed, that is the strength of this Panthers offense, so potentially we see more on the ground from the Bay Area Panthers coming up on Saturday. Again, kickoff is at 6 on Saturday at SAP. Tickets available at bayareapanthers.com. If you cannot make it out to SAP, you can hear the game here on 95.7. The game, Evan Giddings and myself, Mark Randy, will have the call for you Uh, But that'll do it here for another edition of the Bay Area Panthers pod. The Panthers going for their first three-game win streak in franchise history. It all happens on Saturday at 6. Evan, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We'll talk then on Saturday from SAP, and then we'll catch up again next week on another edition of the pod. Uh, But thank you so much. A lot of fun as always. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. Of course, another edition of the podcast is coming up Next week. For now, though, have a great rest of your day. And uh, we look forward to hope- hopefully seeing you guys at SAP on Saturday as the Panthers get ready for the Vegas Nighthawks.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the 95 7 The Game Podcast Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,